Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, This episode is going to be dedicated to the topic that I got reminded of this afternoon, having a having a, a lunch with some friends up here where I live. And uh, it's something that I've not explicitly spoken about over the past two to three months, but I've had a lot of questions over them. And this lunch that I just had just really brought this back to the forefront of my mind. So we're going to be talking about property prices, property market, and um, I'm going to try and guide you on the question of should you buy or should you rent, continue to rent? Because that's something that I think a lot of first-time buyers are asking right now and I've certainly had a ton of questions about that as well but I think first and foremost um, I just want to kind of put it out there obviously I can't give you advice in terms of what you should absolutely 100% do because I don't know enough about you personally and I don't know your personal circumstances to say look this will be the right move for you so as always what I'm going to try and do is give you some context give you some information to help you come to your own decision and hopefully that will take you one step closer to making a decision that you are comfortable with and this leads on to the second thing that I want to mention like you know on YouTube I covered about a week ago the fact that there is a forecast to say that mortgage acceptance rates are going to fall by 13.4% in 2023 and then you look at that in conjunction with the numbers around property prices falling it's a little it's a little alarming um, and in the comment section to that video, someone said, you know, I've bitten the bullet, bullet. I've fixed myself for five years. I'm a first time buyer. I'm just getting into my property now. I hope I've done the right thing. And my response in the comment section was, look, you know, congratulations. Don't, don't underestimate what you've done. You've, you've achieved a massive milestone. And yes, there might be a little bit of uncertainty around property prices right now. You may be concerned that you're going to buy a place that will immediately fall in value. I think you should you know, congratulate yourself on number one, the milestone, and number two, in the fact that you're going to feel differently when you move into that place because it's yours. And that in itself is worth more than money itself. And I also said in the comment that ultimately the decision that you've made is the one that you feel is right for you right now. And I think this is really, really important. A lot of people are looking at the markets and trying to decide what they should do, thinking about what's going to happen in two to three years time. The reality is we don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a DeLorean. If I could jump in a DeLorean and uh, come back and be like, guys, it's going to be all sweet. Get in right now. Or guys, don't. I would, but obviously I can't because time traveling DeLoreans unfortunately do not exist. So you're trying to make a decision based on the information that we have available right now. And the key thing is, as long as you are diligent, you're prudent in the research you're doing to make sure that you're you're fully understanding of the circumstances and the data and and the information that you have in front of you, and you make an informed decision that you feel 100% comfortable with right now, and it may be even 90%, 80% comfortable with right now, be happy with that decision because you've made it based on the information that you have in front of you right now. Don't regret something two years down the line when you learn things that you didn't know at the moment when you took that decision. I think that's really, really important. Now, there are a lot of numbers being thrown around, around what's going to happen with the property market. Some people are saying, you know, property market is going to fall 15%, 35%. I've seen some people forecast 50%. And it's like, Okay, these numbers are very, very 
uh, sparse in terms of their ranges. And look, the reality is nobody knows what's going to happen with house prices. And anybody who professes to know is lying. This is a guess at best. And so when I'm doing this episode and doing research for this episode, what I want to do is try and go to, I uh, guess, reliable um, data sources. And I'm going to use the Office of Budget Responsibility for this episode right here. Now, the OBR, the Office of Budget Responsibility, are forecasting that mortgages are going to fall, well, house prices, I should say, are going to fall by 9% in 2023. That's from where they are right now. And they are forecasting that they're not going to return to current levels until 2027. Now, what that basically means is we're going to have about four years of suppressed house prices, right? And so many people may have a look and say, well, actually, you know what? Maybe I do actually hang off. But the thing is, you don't really know how far they get. Well, for 9%, this is just a forecast. They could be wrong. And one thing that, that the Office of Budget Responsibility actually mentioned is, you know, the fact that UK property has had a very good track record of not acting or doing what you expect it to do. I think the fundamental um, equation that you have to remember here is the supply versus demand equation, which is basic economics, right? We still have too few homes for the demand for those homes. And so to a certain extent, that is going to is going to put a floor underneath how much or how far property prices can actually fall. And I was reading another report, and this actually appeared in Forbes, and they were advocating and saying, look, what you need to be doing is you need to be looking at the property transactions, right? So the number of property transactions that are actually happening to gauge what's going to happen to property prices. Because if you have a fall in the transaction numbers year on year, then that would say that there's less people demand, people actively in the market to actually buy property, and that can then push prices down. But they actually quoted numbers from October 2022. So these are the numbers for property transactions in October 2022. So this is last month. This is November right now. There were 110,850 transactions in October 22. And that's 9% higher than the October number in 2021. Now, if you go back to October 2021, we hadn't yet seen the first Bank of England base rate increase, which happened in December, right? So things were relatively kind of flat at that point. We didn't know that we we're going to be here, certainly at that point, but there's a 9% increase in the transaction numbers, October to October. Okay. Now, clearly there are a number of things that may play into that, into that equation. You've got certainly, and this is something that people were talking about and very concerned about in the lunch that I've just had with some of my friends is that we don't know what's going to happen with property prices. And the equation on, on this is if property prices fall by 9%, but mortgage rates continue to rise like we think they will. So we think the base of Bank of England base rate at the moment is at 3%. There are forecasts to say that it's going to go to maybe 5 6%. Then what it means is that you're going to have increased mortgage payments because of the increase in the Bank of England base rate, but the property prices would have fallen. Now, the benefit of a property price falling is your deposit is less. But on the flip side, your mortgage payments are going to be more. And also, and this is something I've mentioned on, on YouTube as well, is during a recessionary period, the banks will tend to tighten their affordability criteria. So if you're going into this 
and you have, you know, maybe a credit card that you've not yet paid off that you were, you know, you thought you're going to be okay with, that may restrict you on getting a mortgage. So it's really, really important that you don't put any obstacles in your way that could impact your affordability. And I explained in this video on YouTube that, you know, if you owed, you know, say £10,000 on car finance, it's not the reduction that you get is not pound for pound. A £10,000 personal loan could cost you something like £15,000 in terms of your the amount you can borrow when they go through all the affordability checks. So there are so many moving parts here that I think that, you know, if you're a first-time buyer, you're in for a really tough decision because it's hard. What do you do? What decision do you come to that is going to move you forward to your own aspirations of obviously getting on the property ladder, so on and so forth. So there are a lot of moving parts here. And, you know, what I'm saying to people at the moment is, you know, when you start to look at the situation for what it is, let's go with what we do know. Interest rates are going to continue to increase. We know that from the budget two weeks ago, right? Jeremy Hunt said he is going to give the Bank of England full blessing to do what is necessary in order to combat inflation. And inflation is the big thing that we're all struggling with at this point in time. And part of that is connected to the cost of living crisis with energy prices, so on and so forth. So with that being known, we know that the Bank of England base rate is going to increase quite a bit through 2023. And that is going to have an impact on mortgage prices. We've already mentioned that the UK property market has had this notorious uh, record of not necessarily doing what it should do. So whilst the OBR the Office of Budget Responsibility is forecasting a 9% drop. It could be more, it could be less. We don't know for sure. The supply versus demand equation is still there 100%. Another thing that will potentially impact it is defaults into 2023, right? So we know that there are 2 million fixed rate mortgages coming off their fixed, their fixed rates starting spring 2023. And as those mortgages start to roll off their fixed rates, they're going to be going into mortgages of higher rates and people are going to have to pay hundreds of pounds more per month. With a cost of living crisis where you've been squeezed from energy prices to fuel prices to, to food prices, that's going to add additional pressure to people who have mortgages. There's going to be a raft of defaults. That is the fear. But what also happened in the budget a week, two weeks ago is the government put in a clause on page 49 of the document. It's on, uh, it was on clause 5.16, basically saying that there is going to be a mortgage bailout. So for couples who are on universal credit and for people on universal credit, let me just make this clear. 40% of the people on universal credit are in full-time work. There seems to be this, this notion that you've if you're on universal credit, you haven't got a job. That's not true. There are working families on universal credit. And what this clause basically said was for those people on universal credit, if they are struggling to pay their mortgage, they can apply for a loan to pay the interest of the mortgage. And the government is going to basically underwrite that. Now, that piece of legislation should, should reduce the default rates and could therefore have a knock-on effect to how far property prices fall. Now, 
for all the stick that the people give the government and the guys at the treasury and doing looking at economic policy, these guys are extremely smart and, and clever. They know what is coming down the track and they know that things are not in good shape. The unemployment number is forecast to get back to levels of 2007, 2008. Again, that's going to probably kick in next year. That in itself could impact uh, mortgage defaults. But if you lose your job, you get on universal credit, what happens? Well, this this piece of legislation in the, in the budget essentially steps in to help you. Now, there is a bit of an uproar around, well, what happens if, you know, you're not on universal credit? Do I do we get any help? Look, the fact is, we don't know at this point in time. It was tucked away in the budget. It wasn't verbalized by Jeremy Hunt, but it's there on page 49. It's uh, seg clause 5.16. If you want to go view this, you can just go on to gov.uk and you type in um, autumn statement 2022 you can download the PDF and you can go find it on page 49. But essentially, there is going to be a bail, a mortgage bailout in 2023. And the government is prepared for this. So there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts, and a lot of things to consider here. But the underlying question is this, should you buy or should you rent? The answer is you have to come to the decision that best works for you. And I think more than having a look at what it means from a financial point of view, it's all about approaching this from what is the psychological benefit that you're going to have by doing so? Because that's what I truly think matters. Someone who might be a first time buyer right now. So for example, right, Chris, one of my friends, he's just split from his partner. They've sold their house and the house that he is going to buy to live in now, he was looking at that property two months ago and it was worth something like £270,000 or something like that he's agreed to buy it for £244,000. So he's already benefited from the situation right now. And he's quite happy with that. He's going to lock himself into a into a fixed rate for, what, five years, something like that, right? He's going to try and secure that monthly payment. He's already got the benefit of the, the price fall for the property that he wanted to buy. Now, for him, he has to move. He doesn't have a choice. And so if you're in that same same situation, you may decide, well, actually, properties have already fallen. I got a bit of a bargain. I might just buy it anyway. And yes, there is that fear that if markets continue to fall, that all of a sudden the value of your house is going to fall at the same time. And yes, it might eat into your deposit and the equity that you build in from day one. But there is a psychological element to this, right? The psychological element is you're in a house that you now own through a mortgage in your name. And that peace of mind that you get, you feel very, very differently when you when you buy your first home. That sense of it's not going on rent, that potentially is paying off another person's mortgage. Th that completely, it, it's very hard to hard to explain how you feel. And I think ultimately the psychological part of this is the most important factor that you should consider. And yes, I'm not saying that the money isn't important. The money is important. But there are so many variables that we don't know what is going to happen. And so trying to make the best decision right now is really down to how you feel about the situation and where your headspace is at. Now, there is an argument to continue renting, because ultimately, if you if you are struggling to get a house deposit right now, then you may benefit if the market falls another nine or 10 percent because your your deposit is going to be less. And as long as you're okay, if you're if you're lucky enough to lock yourself into a rental contract, 
where the rent cannot increase for the next 12 months whilst you wait or the next 24 months whilst you wait. I know most tenancy agreements are 12 months. If you're able to do that, then that might be the best move for you, particularly if you are struggling and you still need more time to get your deposit. It's really about where you are and what you feel. I think for most people who have got a deposit already, yes, you can wait. 100% you could wait. But like I said, what if property prices don't fall? I mean, we all think that they should, but what happens if anomaly, an anomaly happens and they don't? You know, what do you do from there? Do you stall? Do you wait? But all, all the while, mortgage rates are going up as well. So I've been saying to people, look, if you're in a position where you're just not too sure what to do, I think the best thing you could do is actually go and speak to a mortgage expert and, you know, try and get an understanding of what a mortgage right now would actually mean in terms of figures, numbers every single month. How much is it going to cost you? What does the affordability look like? Can you get an agreement in principle? You know, you need to start that process immediately. And it's worthwhile having those conversations now so you know what the reality of the situation looks like for you when you look at the monthly payment, so on and so forth. I think that's the healthiest thing you could do right now, and opposed to perhaps waiting and hoping for the best, because hoping for the best, sometimes the best doesn't always come round, And sometimes the best turns into the worst thing that could possibly happen. One of my friends around the table this afternoon at lunch, they moved into an old build and the plan was to release equity um, from their property to do an extension. But now they're looking at the fact that property prices are coming down, mortgage rates are going up and they're like, OK, well, we have no idea what we what we could, what we should be doing because it's going to cost us more to release this equity. And because property prices are now falling, property prices could potentially eat into the equity that they already have that they were going to release anyway. So, you know, speak to professionals. You have to be decisive with this. You have to do what you think is right. That's the most important thing. We know that mortgage rates, interest rates are going to go up. That is 100% a fact for the next 12, maybe even 24 months. Um, and there is no way of getting around that specifically. There are, there are people talking about the fact that maybe the banks will, you know, cap how much, how far they put their mortgage rates up by. They could. I just wouldn't bank on it. Excuse the pun. I wouldn't bank on it. And so it is really, really important right now for you to come to a decision, you know, listen to your head, listen to your heart. Yes, the money does matter, but listen to your head and your heart and decide which one of the two wins. The head may be, may be telling you from a financial point of view, it doesn't make any sense. If that's how you feel, don't do it. If your heart is like, actually, you know what? I just want to get in and know that I actually own a property. You know what? If I can lock into a into a, a fixed rate mortgage for five years, make overpayments over those five years to eat down into the mortgage so that next time when I'm remortgaging, I'm remortgaging for less, then that is what you should do. That's really the crux of this. I know it's not a definitive answer, but like I said at the beginning, I can't give you that definitive answer, but I hope that it does give you some food for thought. And I would love to hear from you if you have found this useful, if you have questions. Um, it's hard right now. It really, really is. And when you start looking at 2023 and what this might you know, look like moving forward, um, I think we do need to go into it with <clears throat> an element of pragmatism and looking at all sides of the conversation. And I'm sure that there is another side to this conversation that I've had with you here that will definitely argue you should 
buy and one that should definitely argue that you should rent. And I encourage you to go and seek those arguments out and come to a decision that you feel best works for you. Because at the end of the day, this podcast is here to inform you. But again, it's not here for advice. And I think you do need um, differing opinions in order to come up with a decision that works for you at any given time. So this episode is relatively shorter than the most, but I hope that you found value from this. If you have, please do share it with someone who may actually benefit from this as well. I appreciate you every week for listening to, to the podcast. And if you haven't joined us or or checked out the youtube channel then the youtube channel is conversation of money uh just type that into into youtube and you'll be able to find the video uh that i did last week where i talk about the fact that mortgage acceptances are due to fall by 13.4 percent and i explained that part of that will be down to the fact that in a recession banks and lenders tend to reduce uh tighten their affordability criteria really really important point to make and one for you to remember if you're applying for a mortgage and in that video I talk about how you know debt credit cards overdrafts personal loans uh, car finance can reduce how much you you can borrow towards your first home and I have a friend Mike he's just bought a house in Tunbridge Wells he spent a lot of time paying down his debt to be able to get to the numbers that he needed to borrow uh, for the house that he just bought. It takes work, but believe me, that thing that I said about, you know, your headspace being very different when you move in, he's enjoying that right now. And I know that if you're a first time buyer trying to come to a decision, you will also benefit from that piece. Your mind just changes. It's like, it's, it's amazing. It's, I just can't describe it. It's how you feel. But I hope that for you, regardless. Thank you so much. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.